Well, it was awfully hot, and then it gets cold, but it was awfully hot. Canada making those headlines, and now such a disturbing story. We touched on it last night, and tonight we're going to find out a lot more about it, is those searing temperatures that happen in the Pacific Northwest, well, they cooked our country's sea creatures in their shells. They cooked mussels and any mollusk in their shells. They started to cook in the water that they live in. Let that sink in. And it is quite a scene for those who are walking the beaches where uh, these victims of that heat wave are starting to wash up. It just, uh, it sounds like something to me out of some uh, horrible B-grade movie. And like so many other news that have been happening in the last few years, this is not a movie. This is real. We are joined live by Chris Harley, who's a marine biologist at the University of British Columbia. Chris Harley, good evening. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. Chris, when did you know? When did you first see this? I saw the forecasts first and my eyes widened because I knew that that could be bad news and decided, well, I'll just walk down to the nearest beach to where I live on the second day of the heat wave and I could smell it before I even got there. And that was a real bad sign that something had already gone gone wrong. And, and by the and time it, I started walking around, it was just dead animal after dead animal after dead animal, and it went on and on. So I mentioned mussels. What else did you see? There have been dead sea stars, dead snails, mm. dead barnacles, dead seaweeds, and I'm getting you know emails from people saying, oh, I've seen dead fish, I've seen dead sea anemones. There's just uh, We're still trying to tally up all the species that have been affected. Well, we know the human impact. It took a couple of days and it may be a couple of months before we realize, you know, uh, how many of these creatures do you think died? Is it a significant percentage? Yes. Um, I'll I'll give you an example from today. I went to a a site named Porto Cove and I estimated the number of dead mussels on just a 50 meter stretch of that beach Mm -hmm. at over 600 thousand. So you can walk that distance in under a minute. Just imagine walking past 600,000 dead mussels in under a minute. And then how many shorelines that size we have in the, in the sailor sea. It's an incredibly high number that have died. You know, what do mussels stand for? You know, they're, they're, they're being headlined in the reporting about this. Is there something about the mussel that tells us what's happening elsewhere? Yes, and they're not the prettiest species. They don't get the glory, but they do a lot of the work in the ecosystem. They provide food for a number of other things, including the sea stars and and a lot of seabirds. And they provide habitat for dozens and in some places even hundreds of species. So if that habitat is lost, then the overall diversity declines also. Would you call this an environmental disaster, catastrophe? How would you rate it? I mean, if someone told us this was going to happen several years ago, we wouldn't have believed it. Oh, I, I'm still having trouble believing it now. Uh, I've worked in the Pacific Northwest uh, for 25 years and have not seen anything like this. I'm talking to a lot of people who've lived here for longer than I have, and they've never seen anything like this or smelled anything like this from that mm. stink of decay. Uh, but I'm worried that we will be getting used to this sort of thing as heat waves like this become more common and even more severe in the years ahead. 
And what does it mean when you look at it? I mean, what kind of muscles survived? Are there some that were perhaps deeper? I mean, what are we looking at here? Their ability to bounce back if this happens again? The ones that survived were the ones that were lucky enough to be in the shade. So uh, at low tide, a muscle is sort of like, you know, a a child stuck in a parked, locked car in the sun. And they just have to wait until the tide comes in. But if they were in the shade, they were okay. So the silver lining here is that there are uh, some muscles that have survived and they reproduce really quickly. And I think the muscle population may actually recover in just a year or two. For some of the other species, sea stars and some clams live for decades. The recovery for those species is going to take longer. You know, we've we've been hearing alarm bells about our oceans and those creatures that live in our oceans and climate change. What has this done? I mean, has this just been a scud missile to open things up to the rest of the world here? Well, it's uh, well, it's opening things up in, in sort of two ways. One is, unfortunately, the species that seem to be doing well are the ones that are not native to British Columbia. Um, I am finding, you know, uh, invasive species from warmer parts of the world that happen to be here have survived this heat wave just fine. Um, but hopefully this type of event is another reminder of the path we're on. This along with you know, the cherry crops being in trouble and the raspberries being in trouble and some of the salmon fisheries being in trouble. It's, it's just more evidence that the environment around us is changing in ways that might not be in our best interest. You know, as we look at this, I mean, let's face it, mussels are also a, a huge crop in Canada. Will they be affected as well? The good news there is that mussels are grown on lines that hang in the water. And Mm -hmm. the water temperature actually did go up a little bit during the heat wave, but not too much, not so much that I think it would have been Mm -hmm. dangerous for mussels. But other shellfish, like some oysters and some clams, are grown out on beaches. And those animals, we uh, I'm I'm hearing from growers now that they've lost some of those, and we're still trying to figure out what percentage of their shellfish they lost during the heat wave. So what do you do? Are there people out there monitoring, the people cleaning things up? I mean, you can't just leave rotting, that many rotting shells and seafood out there on the beaches, can you? Uh, We don't have too much of a choice. It's just such an extensive area that's that's covered. Um, The the scavengers are coming along and starting to clean things up and and things Mm -hmm. are sort of decomposing. So it is happening slowly, but it'll take a while. What happens if it if it hits again? We're we're looking. I mean, that we heard about this heat dome, and there are predictions that we could get a couple more heat domes. It may not be in the Pacific Northwest. It may move across the country here. But if they happen in rapid succession, are, are there is there a chance that some of these species may not make it? Yes, and that that's what worries me a lot. Is if this is a one off event. You know, it might take a while for some things to recover, but they probably will. But if it takes, you know, 10 years to recover, but you get a severe event like this every five years, which some people are predicting Mm -hmm. we will, then the whole ecosystem is going to change dramatically. And the shores in British Columbia just won't look like what they have in the lifetimes of the people that have lived here. They'll look more like something in uh, maybe Southern California or even Northern Mexico. It'll just be too hot for a lot of the species that usually live here. You know, when you heard the temperatures were going up, did you think this was going to happen? You know, you said you, you wondered if some were going to make it. But, I mean, you know, being a marine biologist, you must have been shocked that the temperatures got to that degree. 
I'll, I'll tell you how, how surprised Everybody I was. was. I, I w- went with an uh, undergraduate student out with our, our fancy thermometers of science on the really hot Monday because I wanted to measure muscle body temperatures to see how hot they were getting. And we couldn't do it because they had already died. I was not expecting no. the entire shoreline that was in the sun to already be dead. And um, I, it's sort of recalibrating my expectations for what a bad event can be because I really didn't expect to see anything like this in Vancouver or uh, in British Columbia in general. Chris Horley, take care. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Not a great story, but an important one. Thank you. Chris Horley is a marine biologist at the University of British Columbia. Can you just imagine that, walking down your favorite beach and walking down the ocean and seeing all those things? Because there's something magical, I find, when I walk along the the beach in PEI and you crunch down and look down and there's mussels and, and oysters underneath you. And they're things that we covet and eat, and there they are, living their life. And to know that those, because they're in the shallows, just didn't make it. And that smell, wow, unbelievable. And we're all hoping that heat dome goes away. We are braced, as we discussed earlier this week, about a, an active hurricane season. So Mother Nature is with us, not just with the pandemic. On Point, Global News Radio.